Hi, everyone. This is the Bad Girl's Guide to Love with Dr. Ayo. I'm your host, Dr. Ayo Gathing. I'm a board-certified psychiatrist, best-selling author, and a health and relationship expert. I am here to liberate you from your boring-ass love life. Lose the good girl and unleash your inner bad girl to finally find love and get the relationship you deserve. Hello, bad girls. Welcome. We have another awesome, amazing episode of Bad Girls Guide to Love with Dr. Ayo today. This is going to be so fun. We've got LaToya Beverly here with us. She is not only an awesome, amazing, and hilarious person, she is actually a coach herself. And so we're going to be getting into it and vibing, and you're, you're just going to love this episode today. LaToya, welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Dr. Ayo. I'm so honored. Oh, goodness. Oh, oh. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well, okay. So tell my listeners a little bit about you and and what you do. Yeah, absolutely. So I am a spiritual success and business coach, and I tend to work with women, um, LGBT community, and, um, you know, and also men as well here and there. And um, I kind of describe myself as the spiritual archaeologist. I, I dig mm. deep, don't want to go, and uh, help to, um, you know, tend to your, your garden of your mind, body, and spirit, and pull those weeds, and mm. uh, all mm-hmm. your deep-rooted issues, and help to heal, heal your, you know, traumatic experiences, and also turning your story into a powerful story, and creating an amazing, profitable business. Oh, that's so that's all going to do the spiritual growth, going to dig you up, going to patch you up, going to get you rich. (laughs) It's all connected, right? (laughs) I'm loving that. So it sounds to me like you're kind of have a spiritual growth mindset. So kind of like taking you from inside out to just be your best self. Absolutely. Absolutely. Definitely. Ooh, I'm loving that. You're like the spiritual gardener, archaeologist, all that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm loving that. So how did you like get into this area? So four years ago, I kind of went on my own spiritual journey. I um, am a survivor of child sexual abuse. And, um, you know, so I was having some issues with my, you know, the people who are in my immediate environment. And I started to tap into meditation, self-realization, and it was so healing for me. And so, um, you know, my soul needed to be um, tended to, and I had basically two choices, go on to achieve another big achievement or start working on the deep-rooted issue that I was having with my childhood PTSD. So um, I wanted to help other people who were also experiencing or going through the same similar situation as me and having anxiety attack and panic attacks and, you know, the overachievers who really don't say much of anything. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and then so I started my my business um, as a spiritual, I started out as a spiritual counselor, and then my business kind of grew from there. And um, so yeah, so I, I actually do have a background in business, which I love. So I've kind of put 
two together. So yeah. that seems like the perfect justi- juxtaposition between kind of healing and, and getting yourself back on your feet. And I love what you said, overachievers and kind yeah. of like alluded to them being in silence, you know, yeah. with their struggles and their problems. That That's amazing. And that's such a good concept because here on the Bad Girls Guide to Love, we talk about doing the work and healing yourself and focusing on self before yeah. you can be successful in life and love. But I know there's a lot of women out there who are bosses, you know, they're doing the damn thing, but they're suffering in silence. Yeah, that was definitely a great description of me. I was a corporate climber. I was, you know, a humanitarian. I still am. I was doing, I mean, I was spread all over the place and it just got to the point where I hit rock bottom, um, you know, spiritually and personally. And I was like, something has to, to change. Mm-hmm. I love that. So how did you, so what did you do? So what, how did you do the work? How did you heal? Yeah. So, um, you know, I'm not afraid of obviously seeing psychiatrists. Um, I'm, I'm all about, you know, getting professional help. I also had a wellness coach that I would meet with every two weeks. Um, so that was a beautiful thing that I tapped into that was part of my, um, uh, my personal develop- development at work. So I really was able to have a 15 to 30 minute conversation with the wellness coach and then meet with my psychiatrist once a week. And once I was actually a- officially diagnosed with um, childhood PTSD, then I began to understand what I was going through, what I had been suffering, you know, all the way up until, gosh, 29. Mm-hmm. And so I started to kind of really dig deep in, I had really great girlfriends at the time who um, were very, you know, what I, what I call woke. (laughs) I love that term. (laughs) They were woke. And so they, they really tapped me into, um, you know, taking care of my, my eating. Um, I found out I had a gluten allergy. So that was one thing I had to work on. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I think people don't realize that your hormones, your thinking, your mindset has to do a lot with nutrition. And um, so I worked on that. And then I worked on the meditation, as I mentioned before. And then I started tapping into the own, my own God-given gifts that I was blessed with because um, not only am I a, you know, a spiritual and a business coach, but I am a psychic medium. So, um, you know, those gifts actually opened up once I opened myself up. And that's just proof that when you do the work on yourself and you actually pour into yourself, then so much can come out of that and so much can flow. And you can't really help others or grow in the world until you take care of yourself and help yourself. I, I love that. And I love that you're not afraid to be transparent about reaching out for that support and help you need it. Because I know a lot of my boss women, my, they just don't want to even reach out for help, even to get like mentored, like, you know, having like a work mentor or just like a personal mentor. So, you know, psychiatry is like, oh no, counseling. No, no, I got this. I got this. And so I love that the basis of you even beginning is kind of doing that work and not being afraid to get the help you needed. And now that your gifts are flowing, you can help others. Yeah. So 
Amazing. Tell, tell us a little bit about this psychic medium. I, I love this concept. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, obviously it's always been a part of me. And, and one thing that people don't realize from, um, a, from a biological standpoint, um, some people have more, what I call, what we all call melanin, um, in their uh, penile gland than others. And so when you are deeply, when you come from your ancestors who are deeply rooted spiritually, um, things start to unfold. There are many gifts, factual, you know, information stating all the way back from Egypt. And um, so once you start tapping into what I call your spiritual DNA, there's an activation within yourself. And all of these amazing God-given gifts start to come out. So I am able to, I've I've taught with spiritual masters, teachers who have confirmed uh, my gift. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, So basically, I work between heaven, what we call heaven and earth. So I'm able to go really, really high in energy and I'm really to go really, really low to communicate with those who have transitioned, uh, to the other side. And so, um, you know, people's grandmothers, brothers, sisters, whomever, they feel safe in my light to communicate with me because they know that I will provide and give the messages to, um, you know, their loved ones. Awesome. I love that. And people really are so hesitant, even spiritual people, to believe that you can have God-given gifts. And and this is something that's been around since the Bible days. Like it's in there. Like people have these um, higher order gifts that God has given them to, you know, use as a message. And, and I love it. I'm, and I'm a scientific person, but I still, no lie, like, no one, no one really believed me. I think because they know I'm not necessarily crazy. I went to get this massage at, at like just a regular massage place. Yeah. And the massage guy had this special gift of like electric current. And he was like, yeah. I thought I had like a tens unit. I looked back a million times and, but he was like using his fingers as electric energy. And I told people about it and they were like, girl, you are on one. Yeah, you know, and, and it's funny because, um, I had, I actually went to go meet with the psychic, uh, when I first started out in my, my business and she, she called me out. She was like, um, do you know that you're supposed to be writing a book? Don't, do you know that you're a healer and you know, you have energy in your hands as we all do if we're tapped into it. And so I was like, yeah, no, maybe. So I started to look into it and I became a a certified um, Reiki master, which is basically life force energy that is, um, you know, exchanged between each and every single one of us. That's why we got, we get attitudes when somebody, you know, is, uh, you know, their, their, their juju's off. uh 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 And um, yeah, I started to look into this old Japanese, um, you know, form of energy healing. And it's funny because when I took the class, there were four black women who were um, older and who were tapped into it from an ancestral standpoint. And I felt very blessed um, to be around that because obviously they are very wise. They're in the know. And, um, you know, like I said, it's something that's strongly, um, a part of, you know, those of different cultures, mm-hmm. 
you know, so it's, it's very interesting, but scientifically, if you speak positive energy into someone, positive things happen. If you speak negative energy, then mm-hmm. that negative can happen. Very simple. I, I'm such a believer in that. That that's so cool. So transitioning a little bit. So my my bad girls out there, they um kind of look to me for love advice and just discussions and, and interesting kind of points of view. So how does your background and your training and your gifts um open up to conversations about the love and relationship space? Oh, huge. Um you know, I've worked with a lot of clients who have come to me as couples or come to me, you know, women themselves who are, you know, um, boss bitches, basically. Excuse mm-hmm. me. No, nope. yeah. we, 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 we speak like that here. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, it's the best way to put it, but there is fear with, um, opening themselves up and trusting um, the love and where they're at. They could have been with somebody, had a client, she was with her uh, boyfriend at the time for four years, but there were some things that, you know, when you're growing up kind of as an adolescent into adulthood um, and you're starting to shift in your relationship to think about marriage and engagement and stuff. And so she came to me and she was like, look, um, we need to get rid of our early twenties kind of habits and, and attitudes. And we're looking and talking about getting engaged. You know, what do I need to do to kind of step things up? So me and her actually worked from a spiritual standpoint and a personal development standpoint. We put the business to the side and, um, I gave very clear directions as to what, how her boyfriend could, you know, support her in her growth, in her process of getting rid of fear and indecisiveness and, um, her own worries and concerns. And, um, fast forward, they got engaged in Spain. (laughs) They, um, then turned around and got married in Spain, um, just this, this spring and they both actually, um, he was an entrepreneur already and then she ended up quitting her job and um, starting, continuing to move her business into full time. And, um, and they actually wrote a book um, together. And I mean, the shifts are powerful, you know, mm-hmm. when you're able, like you said, to kind of dig deep. So love is honestly probably on the hearts of most of my clients. And, um, you know, you can't go without love, without money or success. Yes. I love that. And I love that you said that this woman had to tend to her own fear and indecisiveness. Mm -hmm. I think that a lot of misconception out there is that women are running around searching for a man all the time and just obsessed with marriage and commitment and, you know, have no um, indecisiveness or commitment issues or, or things to work out in the love and relationship space before they're ready. And I I'm loving that you're kind of, you know, bringing up this idea that women too have this problem sometimes with, with commitment and, and trust and vulnerability. We're not all just out there crying and wearing our hearts on our sleeves and professing love for somebody. (laughs) No, I've been there myself and, you know, and I, at one point I definitely had, um, you know, like I said, obviously being a survivor, you know, child abuse 
abuse in my past. I mean, I had my own commitment issues and I had a lot of things to work through. Um, I've been married and divorced um, when I was like 20. And, you know, fast forward to now, you know, being in a relationship and working through your issues. You don't have, you can read all the books that you want to read, but until you're in the relationship to work on your issues, you're mm-hmm. kind of stuck. <laughs> you're right, right. You read all this stuff when you're single and then you're in it and you're like, wait, what was I supposed to do again? <laughs> Hold on, babe. Let me go back to chapter 11. <laughs> Let me flip. What did I highlight? I, I it's, it rang a bell with me a while ago. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like that is so true. Well, and how did you having these gifts and talents and mm-hmm. the ability to kind of share with others affect your relationship journey? Kind of from start. I you said you were married early on, sounds like, and then divorced. So, how yeah. did you? becoming an expert in this space and and learning and growing affect how you presented in relationships? You know what? I've always believed that, you know, when you're so deeply engrossed in your spirituality, in God, whomever you, you know, serve, um, that that person has to go find you there. And I've always kept my faith um, and my personal relationship um, very sacred. And so I think intuitively I knew like my ex-husband was not, he was such a sweet guy, great person, but I was afraid to say no in my relationship. I should have told him early on, like, look, you're amazing, but getting married, probably not good for us. Mm -hmm. But I was scared. And then... I started to intuitively realize he was meant for somebody else and I needed to release him or else I would be selfish, you know, keeping him all to myself when he's not serving my, my bigger journey and my bigger, you know, purpose. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So what is it like kind of dealing with your own relationship struggles and issues and ups and downs while you're trying to help others? That's a great question. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, it, it's, I think I have a better handle on it now to not allow, well, first of all, I don't see clients um, in my home anymore. I had used to, and I realized that the energy was way too strong. The healing that was happening was way too strong and it would stay in my environment. Um, so that's one thing. And then second, I have to Uncord, what we call it cording process. I have to uncord um, from that person because I'm so sensitive to feeling what they're feeling. And so having a healthy relationship with everyone without getting too emotionally caught up and involved. Um, and then I also, I don't tell my significant other, you know, every, my, all my clients business, you know, mm-hmm. I, I keep that very sacred and I keep that very personal. They, they understand. I mean, I have some people who are been a headache to work with. (laughs) Right. I might share my frustration, you know, um, but at the same time, I I keep it very separate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That that's important to have those boundaries. And, and I love that you said that you had a fear or were scared to say no early on in your marriage, but it sounds like now you're setting better boundaries for yourself and you're able to say no and able to kind of put what you need, you know, as a priority at times. 
Oh, absolutely. Boundaries was probably one of the biggest things in my relationships, in my family, my friends. I mean, people were running amok. They were all over the place when it came to my personal space, my energy, my heart, how I was feeling. You know, I like wore my heart on my sleeve. I was, I was being, um, I was very codependent by enabling people um, and not letting people learn their own lessons. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that was a huge lesson just co- to what I call compassionately detach. Oh, I love that. Compassionately detach. I've, yeah. I've never heard that. Girl, you're going to have to add that one. I'm going to have to add that to my vocabulary. I'm going to have to give you a shout out though. (laughs) In the words of Latoya Beverly, I need to. (laughs) I love that. I love that. So what are your goals in terms of what you want out of relationship in this point, an intimate love relationship? So, you know, my goal, you know, I'm, I'm in a relationship. I had been single for, oh gosh, from two. 2008 until, um, uh, what was that? 2016. And so, um, you know, and and my, my partner, he was also in the same boat as well. I mean, we had dated people in between all of that and learned all kinds of lessons and journeys. Um, but being in a committed relationship really took a, a while, a lot longer than I had obviously hoped for. Um, and so, it's honestly a journey. I want to be able to obviously get married again. Um, and, uh, we've worked through a lot of our issues that we were having and, um, you know, his age range is definitely significant for mine. Um, but at the same time, my maturity level, our maturity level is very much, um, you know, matched. <laughs> you know, they say men mature way slower. So it might be just about right. Lady. He's super slow. Even my dad, he had, you know, I had heart to heart conversations with my dad. My dad was like, look, one of two things. One, when you find a good man, swoop him up. Um, Cause there's more women on earth than men. And right now, and two, um, men are very slow to mature and not in a negative sense, but depending on their life experiences and what they've gone through, you know, personally, you've got to hold space for, you know, the typical guy things, and then whatever that individual person has gone through. Mm-hmm. No, I truly agree. So what do you think is holding you back from getting what you really want? So from this, you know, you want to get married again, but you've been single for a while. So what do you think is holding you back from getting that? I think what was holding me back um, early on in my relationship was definitely trust. Um, we were in a very, we were very weird. Um, (laughs) it was not roses. Um, in the beginning of our relationship, we met at work, which is great. Um, because I was online dating, um, like a serial dater, like crazy. And I was looking for love in all the wrong freaking places. (laughs) And, um, so when I met Vernon, um, it, we both were, you know, he's a very good looking man. Everybody knows him to smile and smell good. And, you know, and I didn't really look at him for looks. And so I just kind of was like, we built this, this bond of intellectual conversation first and friendship. And, um, you know, and then when he started to pursue me, then I peeked my head up like, oh, you know, and so 
there was trust that was involved because obviously I, I came into the new, my job new, he had been there for 13 years. So he's planted some roots and some seeds. And, um, and so trust was a huge factor. And then also not holding on to your past. Mm-hmm. That was so significant. I had just been ending an 18 year relationship with a man I thought you know, was my best friend. I thought we were going to get married. We know each other since high school. So that relationship was also very unique in itself as I was getting to know Vernon. So trust was huge. Mm-hmm. So how do you think your childhood experiences and having that trauma impacted your ability to trust and be vulnerable? In a big way. Um, So I actually did something that was very different from a lot of survivors. Um, Instead of not trusting right away, I actually would give my heart and give everything right away. And I was, as you had said, I think in one of your episodes, um, I was given the boyfriend, the husband material, because Mm -hmm. I wanted them to be like, look, hey, look at me. I'm a good woman. I'm here to Mm -hmm. love you, you know. You're going to love me. Like, I'm so magical. My love is like all that. You're going to want to marry me and be with me. And, I'm, you know, I was living in some fantasy land. And I would, you know, what happened to me as a child, I gave my trust in the beginning. Well, actually, opposite. I didn't give my trust in the beginning. Then I finally trusted. And then it would blow up in my face. Mm-hmm. And so... But that exact exact same cycle would occur and happen throughout my whole entire teenage years of dating. And when I got to the really good guys that were amazing and I look back and I'm like, oh my God, like we would still be married if I was just like, you know, in a different space and I was more mature. I mean, these were really, really good men. And when, what do we do? We dog them out and, you know, and you're like, no, you're not good enough. And, you know, you're dealing with your own, you're not dealing with your own personal issues. So mm-hmm. it, it was, it, it carried on for a very good while until I had nowhere else to run. Mm-hmm. You couldn't <laughs> run from yourself. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes we have to realize that the only common denominator in a lot of our chaos or un, you know, unobtained expectations is ourself. And so we have to take a deep dive into what am I bringing to these situations? What can I do to improve my outcome? And I think until we do take that real good look and be introspective, then we're just going to keep on with our negative patterns. Yeah, you really do attract, you know, I have had a lot of girlfriends you know, when I was single and my girlfriends, they're looking for love, you know, in the wrong places and they have deep rooted healing that they need to do and issues. And everybody has a different journey. But one thing I am very keen on, do not bounce from relationship to relationships. Really take that time to, like I said, uncord and cut the ties mm-hmm. and emotionally, spiritually, personally, because that same the same issues that were in your past relationship or that past situation will definitely seep into your future situation. And let me tell you something. If you dated Dominique and Dominique was a freaking hot mess and you guys had this fast, furious love and then it crashed and burned and then you have those nasty, toxic feelings and emotions going into, you know, Andre, then does Andre deserve that? 
You know what I'm saying? Yes, exactly. (laughs) No, exactly. But so many people don't understand. They think, oh no, I'm starting fresh. It's a new person, a whole new, um, you know, situation, but you still have the same mindset. You still have the same attitude and beliefs and, and core issues going on that you are just carrying. And, you know, people call it baggage, but baggage is so nonspecific nowadays. It's like, oh, he has three kids. That's baggage. Like, oh, he doesn't have a good job. That's baggage. It's like, wait a minute. No, let's kind of tease apart some of these, you know, deal breakers versus expectations in Mm -hmm. terms of, who the person is in their situation versus who they are at their core in terms of who they believe and what they value. And so you could be having just as much baggage, but be making $2,000 every day and, you know, having a big old house and a nice car, but you got baggage, you got emotional baggage. Yes. It's deep. We dealt with it. I dealt with his emotional baggage. I, you know, he's, uh, um, you know, he's a, a nurse. He has, a, you know, obviously he's had a stable job. His car is paid off. His credit's amazing. And, you know, you're like, hallelujah. And, <laughs> right. <laughs> and then, and it, you know, it gets down to the nitty gritty. You know, like I said, he was, he, he was a playboy. He was definitely ego driven and egocentric. Um, you know, anybody that was around to, you know, um, pet his ego, he was all about. And, you know, he has three kids from one woman and, you know, and that relationship was, I mean, he, I never saw a man have such heartbreak at such a young age. You know, they grew up with each other as teenagers and to adults, they had kids and, um, but he couldn't commit because he was too young doing what he was doing Mm -hmm. and he loved his kids and his family and he provided a home and all of that. But I don't look at his three kids as baggage. I mean, they're grown now. And I mean, you know, his son's inviting us over to his house and cooking dinner for us. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and, but it's also, this is something that's very deep um, ladies, men who are maybe a little bit older or who have, you know, children, they don't got the baby mama drama because his is remarried and all of that. Um, it was a beautiful thing to see his 19 year old son invite us over, you know, him and his girlfriend have a, a beautiful apartment. They are college students. Um, he got a full ride scholarship to San Diego state and, um, you know, both going to nursing school. He wants to become a doctor straight A's and, um, I mean, as adults, as kids, it's cute, but as adults, it's, it's serious business to be in a relationship, manage that. Um, they've been together, like I said, since high school. So it's, it's very interesting to see what your child, because, you know, we want to have kids, um, could potentially grow up to be in who mm-hmm. they are. And as a father, I feel that it's so significant because they have a very strong relationship. And so I was looking high in sight. I was looking into the future of what my child is going to potentially grow up to possibly be, you know, what their focus is and, and all hope and everything, you know, all the cuteness aside, that's serious stuff. You don't want to get yeah. the man who's, you know, not taking care of his children, not being there, you know, not involved in, in their child's life. 
Yeah, I think, and I talk about that all the time. I'm sure you know. You have to, you know, look at what are deal breakers and preferences for you. And what you thought you wanted at 20 might not be what you want at 40. You know, I'm, I'll be 37 in a couple days. And what I want now, what I appreciate now, and what I enjoy now is nothing like when I was 20 and 21. And so you have to keep learning about yourself and keep growing and, um, you know, keep assessing that and evaluating that. And even if you're in a relationship, you know, and like some people, they're still with their high school sweetheart and they listen to me to get tips on how can I be more assertive in my relationship? How can I grow with my partner? And, you know, if I have grown or changed, how can we now come together and kind of learn to love each other for who we are now? So the journey isn't just in snatching up that man. It's <laughs> more that goes into it absolutely yeah absolutely I see a lot of my girlfriends who are married we talked about this on my our last podcast together I mean they have that checklist and I'm like there's a lot of deep-rooted issues that are still going on and I'm like okay you know and and sometimes with my gifts being who I am and kind of intuitively knowing or seeing the writing on the wall it's, it's not my job to um, you know, impede myself on someone else, you know, my friends who I love dearly and say, girl, your marriage is, you know, this or your relationship is this. It's not my job. Um, people have to find themselves in their own journey. And, you know, of course, um, you know, I've had friends pay to have a session with me and sit down and talk. But um, yeah, you gotta, you can't lie to yourself. And that, I think that's one thing that women, we, we paint that fairy tale and that Snow White Cinderella story. And, you know, I love my man very much, but I mean, he's, you know, he is a king in my eyes, but he is not Prince Charming. Okay. And he is not coming to save you <laughs> from a life of a pauper. <laughs> <laughs> no, there is no white horse that is happening over here, you know? Okay. <laughs> and I know, and, and like, and I love, I tell, I joked in one of my podcasts, it might have been last one or the one before, like, I love Hallmark movies. Like, I can sit in like right now it's countdown to Christmas. Yes. I every story is like, okay, we meet and we hate each other and then we fall in love and then we do that, you know. And I just love those stories, but I know that real life is real. You got to put in that work. You have to learn how to love the other person and <laughs> learn how to let them love you right. Um, but I still appreciate those stories, but I think yeah. some people have a hard time with what they see in the media, there's messages they receive. And oh, don't get me started on social uh, media filtering of your relationship, yeah, you know, yeah. relationship filters. <laughs> um, it's, it's, so, it's so disgusting. Sometimes, you know, you know, I, I get this moment where I just want to like call people out, you know, because they put these pretty pictures up of, oh my God, my life, my story, everything's perfect. And then here I am sitting on the other side and I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, and it's not that you have to broadcast your relationship. Absolutely. Your relationship is what I call very sacred mm -hmm. and your business. But, um, you know, like me and Vernon, we had a period of time, a couple of weeks, um, maybe a little like over a month and a half where we were having a rough patch in our relationship and dealing with the baggage of other people um, and in ourselves and we had to really kind of shit or get off the pot with, with each other and mm. what we both wanted. And as I shared with you, I mean, I 
you know, I love the man dearly. He's my, become my best friend and spiritually he understands me, um, which is very rare and unique. <laughs> right. I can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, um, and so, you know, but it's beautiful because he's so deeply rooted in who he is as a man, as an African-American man in history and who he has grown up to be in the relationship that he has with his mother. He talks to his mother every day. And she actually called him out and was like, um, you know, his, he had a family member pass away recently. And, you know, he, when we had this break period, she said, um, why are you sitting here talking to some, you know, some girl who's coming back, you know, by, you know, and around like you need to leave. And she was very protective of, of him and of me, you know, and she was like, you need to call Latoya. Have you called your girl yet? You know, <laughs> you know, this 80 year old woman who's, you know, had six children and, you know, and, and went through life and loved his father very much. And, um, you know, and so she's seen some things. And so she was keeping him straight because she knew where his happiness lied. And, mm -hmm. you know, and it takes, it took me to get very much like, no, we're cut off. I'm not giving you what all these other women or people have given you. And um, I'm going to make sure you hold to being accountable. Yes. And you, you know, I, I told you like that shit to get off the pot is serious. And there's no shame in letting someone know, here's my need. Can you yep. do it or not? It's not an ultimatum. It's not saying if you don't do this, I'm going to do this. It's saying, no, I'm going on about my life because if you can't meet my needs, I have bigger and better fish to fry. There's more fish in the sea. But if you come back and come correct, you know, like I told you, if you come back and come correct, then okay, we can reevaluate that. But that is taking care of yourself and making sure that you are getting what you need in a relationship and that person can give it to you. And there's no shame in taking space and figuring yeah. that all out and not just trying to rush to some marriage proposal or a ring because you have to spend wow. your life with this person. It's not about a fancy proposal or yeah. telling people, oh, I'm married now or changing your name. It is about that day in and day out, figuring out, are we compatible and can we yeah. make this work? And right. so I love that you uh, respected yourself enough and your journey enough to say, hey, I need to know, is this something you can do? That, that's amazing. I wish more women would, would you know, love themselves enough or, or not be so scared to lose that person yeah. that they're willing to lose themselves. Yeah, losing him for that period of time because, you know, I, I loved him. I wanted to keep trying, but what I realized is that they need to try and they need to try enough to know, you know, because I, I was very clear. I I went out on Halloween. I was looking sexy, looking good. I was mm -hmm. putting that freakum dress on. Beyonce yes, knew well. what she was talking about. <laughs> I was like, okay, you know, and I set, I set an intention before I went out and I said to myself, I said, you know what? I said, I want to, I'm beautiful. I'm happy and I'm whole and whatever man is going to recognize that and see that then, you know, like great, wonderful. And so I actually ended up dating somebody within just a few days before me and Vernon had kind of reconciled. And I told him, you know, Vernon called me, there were some dramas that went down. You know, I, I caused a little bit of, a little bit of drama. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, 
talk a little bit drama. And, uh, you know, and so when I, when he called me, I was like, look, I'm on the phone call. I don't have time. You know, he heard it in my verse, my voice that I just was like, I'm done, dude. And, um, I said, I'm dating somebody else. I'm buying a house. Like I don't have time for, you know, and Mm -hmm. it was like, whoa. And he, at that moment, just, you know, I called him back and I'm like, what, you know, and he had two choices. He can continue to keep acting like a fool or he can finally get to the place where he was at, which I knew he was at anyways, which was a vulnerable place. And, um, you know, he was in the mix of grieving, um, a lost situation, you know, with me and also with someone, you know, significant to, you know, his family. And he was like, look, let me just get it together. Let me apologize. Take 110% of accountability for what I did and what I caused and also, you know, like, is there a chance? All I need is a chance. And I spoke very clearly. I mean, my voice just, that, when a woman is fed up, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, so I told him, I said, the most important man in my life who's been consistent with me is my father. So you talk to him um, and you talk to my best friend who you can you know, apologize to because you're acting a freaking, you know, fool, um, you know, and, and he needed, women need to also realize guys don't really talk to their guy friends that much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I talk about that all the time. We get so much reinforcement and, and ideas mm-hmm. and inspiration from our girlfriends and men don't always have that. No, they don't. And, and I've been, getting messages from God and, you know, from the angels and, you know, just my surroundings and about holding space and compassion for people. I think we're so quick to cut people off. I'm so guilty of it. I'm, you know, you have to be very protective of your environment and your space. Absolutely. But you never know what somebody is internally going through. And I knew, you know, that some things people were coming to me and saying, I knew where he was coming from. You know, he's human and he, um, you know, he has a heart and it's not to give excuses, but it's to recognize it, give them space and allow a man to be a man because men will hunt. They will hunt and they will gather and they will come after you. Yes. If they feel that you are worthy and if, because you feel that you know that you're worthy, not feel, but you know that you're worthy. Yes, I know that's right. I, you know, that is one of the things I preach. You know, yeah. you have to really, truly love yourself and respect yourself and know that you are worthy and you can't fake that. I think I posted the other day, you can't fake that until you make it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, that's just not a situation you can fake self-respect. You have to go and do the work like you did. You have to really put in that work and, and really gain that love and appreciation for yourself. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it was something that was so powerful in my life, obviously. I think that's what changed for me, which made him then in turn change and also respect as well and realize what he had truly lost. And, and I, I also had to realize it too, because here I was dating this guy for five seconds, you know, and he would kiss me on the hand when he first met me. And he's like, oh girl, I can't let you go. And then it was like, Oh, well, let's go to brunch. And then there was no brunch. Oh, let's go to sushi. Then there's no sushi. Okay, let, let's go out and listen to music. And then he's on his phone, you know, and then he wants to see you the next day. He's going through the motions, but his heart is not there. The intellectual conversations are not there. And 
I started to miss Vernon. And I'm like, I don't like this. Like, this is not where, you know, <laughs> I'm like, you can look good all day long in a nice yep. suit. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like, I love my man. I have my best friend. Spiritually, emotionally, we put God first in our relationship. We put each other first. We made that promise and that vow the very first date. It was so crazy. We spent like eight hours together on our first date. And we've been inseparable, you know, ever since. So, um, you know, there is a ring that definitely is on its way. Uh, no, <laughs> congratulations, early. <laughs> well, and I, I just love that, you know, you are open to this non-traditional journey and path and, and yes. finding what is truly meant for you. And there's been some bumps and round and round and lefts and rights along the way. But at the end of the day, you did the work to figure out what you want and what you need and you went after it and you weren't afraid to do it in the way that may not have looked pretty to the outside world. Right. Yeah, yeah. I have a friend recently who hasn't talked to me for about a week now. Um, you know, and, and he, you know, Vernon felt really bad, but you know, it's one of those situations as girlfriends, make sure that you hold space for each other because at the end of the day, everybody's journey is very different. And, and had my family not backed me up and supported me and, and was giving me that girl, no, I think you need to run. Um, <laughs> right, right. You know, I, I definitely, you know, my, my family means a lot to me. And that's why I told him, you need to talk to my dad because they have a bond in relationship. And, um, you know, and so, you know, my dad kept it very mutual and was just like, look, you know, whatever you choose, I don't get in your guys' relationship and business, you know, um, but it, every, Everybody deserves an opportunity and chance and, and, and period. You got to man up, man or woman, you got to man up. And so, um, I, I appreciate, and this is why I love my family and they, you know, and don't be afraid to be happy. If, if that person yes. is what makes you happy, don't be ashamed, you know? Yeah. And, and don't shame others for whatever makes them happy. At the end of the day, life is life. Whatever's going to happen is going to happen. Um, but loving yourself, loving myself, I realized, I'm like, I don't care what happens. I just know I love myself. And that is the biggest achievement of all. That's the biggest. Yes, I love that. It, it <laughs> is the relationship with yourself and loving yourself. Hey, that that's what it's all about. And the rest is kind of your journey and, and yes. just finding and discovering what's next. Oh, I loved it. This was so great. You know, I could go on and on for with you forever. Right? I'm so excited that you were here, that you shared your gems with us and also your personal transparency and story. I know it's going to resonate with so many women and inspire yeah. so many women. And where can my listeners find you if they either want your spiritual coaching, your career, your, um, you know, just catch up with you and see what else, what other services you might have. Yeah, absolutely. So you can find me at manifestyourlegacy.com, uh, Manifest Your Legacy Today on Facebook, and Manifest Your Legacy on Instagram. So if you type in Latoya Beverly on Google or Manifest Your Legacy, I'll definitely pop up. And uh, you can find my inspirations and craziness, um, you know, all, all on there. Awesome. And don't, oh, tell them about your podcast in case they didn't yes. um, hear earlier. Yeah. So manifest that shit is the podcast. Um, currently working to get correct on iTunes, but right now we're on Stitcher and Google play music. And, 
And so um, it's hilarious. And I have. (laughs) Yes, I love it. And for all my bad girls, I did grace my presence on the Manifest That Shit podcast recently. So you. Episode seven. (laughs) Yes, check out that episode and all of the others. As you see, she is just a lovely, knowledgeable, fun, uh, interesting, entertaining, and all of that. So thank you so much for being here. Absolutely. Thank you so much. All right, bad girls. Until next time, be bad. That's this week's episode of Bad Girls Guide to Love with Dr. Ayo. Thanks for listening. If you have enjoyed this podcast, I'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give me a review on iTunes. For more material and content, you can find me under IOGathingMD on Instagram and Twitter, or head over to my website, www.iogathingmd.com. Don't forget to join me next week for another episode. Until then, be bad.